Welcome to the Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davy. Today we come to John 21, where we witness the powerful transformation of Simon Peter. Gathered with his fellow disciples on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Peter experiences a profound encounter with the Lord. Through a series of questions, Jesus restores Peter's broken heart and life reaffirming his purpose in ministry. Stephen called this lesson, The Restoration of a Broken Life. Simon Peter and six other disciples are now sitting before a charcoal fire. They're here on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. I imagine Peter is drying off from swimming ashore following that uh, miraculous catch of fish. This breakfast, prepared by Jesus himself of, of fish and bread, is really the Lord's way of reinstating these men into ministry. Now, Peter would naturally assume the Lord would never be interested in using him again. But following breakfast, a conversation between them is going to take place, and it's it's really nothing less than a wonderful revelation of how the Lord uses broken hearts and broken people for his glory. This is going to be the restoration of, of a broken life. So we're going to follow along as John records it in chapter 21, now here at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. By the way, don't miss the name change here. Jesus doesn't say Simon Peter, but Simon son of John, as if to say, I named you Peter back there. You remember? It means little rock. That meant you'd be steadfast and consistent. Well, you thought you already were. But Peter, you denied me out there in the courtyard in the face of, you know, some servant girls who challenged you. So so let's just drop that little rock part of your name and go back to the basics. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, Peter answers here, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, expositors don't all agree on the significance of two different Greek words used here in this conversation. They're both translated into our English Bibles with the word love. Now, some say it's it's really just a stylistic variation. It really doesn't matter all that much. Well, I, I, I personally believe John knew exactly what he was doing in writing this account, And the Spirit of God through him takes special care to record it exactly. You see, the term for love that Jesus uses is agapao. This is is strong, unfailing, loyal, committed love. And the term Peter responds with is phileo. That's the word for warm, affectionate friendship. We're going to be told later on that this conversation grieves Peter. And more than likely, it's because Jesus asked him the same question three times, mirroring, by the way, Peter's three denials of Jesus. All that self-confidence Peter had declared in the upper room, well, let me tell you, that's all gone now. Experience, failure has crushed it out of him. And, and, And I want you to know the Lord's going to crush him even more. Let me tell you, the Lord will not use proud 
vessels. He's looking for broken, crushed, contrite vessels. Now, you might have noticed that Jesus doesn't just ask, do you love me? He asks here, do you love me more than these? Well, who are these? Something Jesus is talking about Peter's fishing business. Do you love me more than that business? Others think it's a reference to Peter's love for his friends and family. Do you love me more than them? I believe personally here that Jesus is tying this question back to that earlier upper room conversation where Peter had boasted, even though they all fall away, I will not. That's Mark 14, verse 29. He's essentially saying, Lord, I love you more than all these other disciples. Well, now Jesus asks Simon, son of John, do you really love me more than these other men? It's as if Peter admits, now, Lord, I I can't say that anymore like I used to or like I thought I could. I, I do have warm affection for you as my friend, but not loyal, committed love. Then Jesus stuns Peter, I'm sure, Uh, not with a personal rebuke, but with a personal commission. Verse 15, feed my lambs. Well, this is a reference here to tending the younger lambs who, who easily wander away. I'm sure Peter's quite shocked by this command. Now, verse 16, Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Again, he's asking, do you have strong, loyal, agapao love for me? And again, Peter effectively responds, Lord, I, I phileo you. Lord, Lord I, I deeply care about you as my friend. And with that, there's another shocking follow-up. It's as if the Lord says, well, I can work with that. Again, he recommissions Peter here in verse 16, tend my sheep. Literally, shepherd my sheep. Now, keep in mind that Peter's a fisherman, not a shepherd. He's being called here to a different kind of profession. And it it matters along a number of lines. Fishermen, first of all, don't care about their fish. Fishermen don't nurse fish back to health. Fishermen, you know, don't carry wounded fish on their shoulders. Shepherds feed and lead and protect and discipline and love their sheep. And who can do that better than one who's been broken and forgiven? A shepherd who depends upon his chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus, daily. Now, verse 17, Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter's grieved here because this is the third time Jesus asked him, and he says to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Now, in this third question, Jesus actually changes his term for love. He uses Peter's word. It's as if the good shepherd is graciously stooping down to the level of his his crushed lamb here. So he drops the use of agapao and uses phileo, and in effect says, okay, Peter, do you really have deep affection for me? And I believe Peter's deeply moved all over again, frankly, the the unfailing love and grace of the Lord against whom he so deeply sinned. Yet, Yet Jesus still has an important role. He follows that up with another command, feed my sheep. 
Now, here in verse 18, the Lord delivers a rather strange prophecy to Peter. He says, When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Well, John adds here in the next verse that Jesus said this to show by what kind of death Peter was to glorify God. In other words, Peter's hands are going to be stretched out on a cross. In fact, tradition informs us that Peter was crucified, uh, though he personally requested that he be crucified upside down. He didn't consider himself worthy enough to be, uh, to, to be crucified as the Lord had been. Well, here's the good news for Peter. Although he's going to die, he's going to remain true to the Lord. Now, having heard what his future holds, Peter looks over at his friend John, the disciple whom Jesus loves, verse 20 tells us. And he says to Jesus here in verse 21, Lord, what about this man? Peter's asking, you know, Lord, what are you going to do with John? And Jesus teaches Peter a lesson. Frankly, we all need to learn it. And here it is. It's unwise to compare what God does in our lives with what he's going to do in the lives of other believers. And the Lord responds rather bluntly here in verse 22, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. In other words, don't compare yourself to him or what I do through him. You just keep following me. Now with that, John comes to the conclusion of his wonderful gospel account, and he he wraps it up with two statements. First, he says here in verse 24 that that everything he's written is true. Secondly, here in verse 25, he says that he didn't write down everything Jesus said and did. In fact, if everything were recorded, he says here, the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Well, if you're like me, beloved, I'd love another chapter or two of what Jesus said and did. We don't have everything we'd like to know, but we have everything we need to know to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So this is the account of Jesus' restoration of Simon Peter. And think about this. Jesus really could have asked Peter a thousand different questions here. Peter, are you, are you sorry for what you did? Peter, have you really truly repented? Peter, will you promise never to deny me? Again, there's none of that. Just simply, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, here's the mark of growth in Peter. I think a few months earlier he would have explained the depth of his love for Jesus, and now he very simply and honestly (laughs) admits, Lord, you know everything about me. You know my heart. Jesus effectively says, You know, I can work with you now. I want you now to go and feed my sheep. And Peter will do just that. Well, until we set sail again, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson the restoration of a broken life. This is the wisdom journey. Stephen is teaching through the Bible in this series. 
We have a new lesson each weekday, and I hope you'll join us for all of them. We believe your journey through life can be a journey of wisdom if you allow God's Word to transform your mind. You can learn more about us if you visit our website, wisdomonline.org. Once you go there, you can access the complete library of Stephen's Bible teaching ministry. We also post each day's broadcast, so if you ever miss one of these lessons, you can go to our website to keep caught up with our daily Bible teaching ministry. You'll find each day's broadcast right on the homepage. You can also navigate to the previous broadcast if you want to go back a little. The Library of Stephen's Teaching Ministry is available to you free of charge at wisdomonline.org. Well, we have one more lesson in the Gospels, and that's next time on The Wisdom Journey.